trying to make it through monday <laughs> hey man you're preaching good this morning yeah i think so all right <laughs> i was a little flustered you were uh you were on your you're on your giddy up yeah uh, <laughs> with the g drops yeah what do you think about that uh absolutely right uh you know Life with God, life as a child of God, is about transformation. And the way that our outward behavior is transformed is by changing our inner thought life. Uh, we, we live and our actions flow from um, our inner thought life, the way we see ourselves, the way we see others, the way we see the world. And uh, uh, the G-drops, uh, the Bible, Bible verses are the way that that's the way that God changed my way of thinking. Like I was an atheist, you know, mm -hmm. until I was 38 years old and I started reading the Bible and I just started plowing through the scriptures. And as I went through the Bible, um, the, the, the worldview, uh, so the view of the world, my view of the world began to change as I read the Bible, as I read the scriptures, each verse, little, just, it was kind of a strange uh, concept, but I would focus on one verse. Sometimes I'd focus on one verse for like a week and I would just roll this Bible verse around my mind for day after day. And the Holy Spirit was changing my thought patterns, changing my perspective, changing the way I viewed myself, the way I viewed you know, the world, the way I thought the world worked. Um, as I would go through, and I started in the New Testament, started in uh, Matthew and just started reading through. And uh, my, my life was radically transformed. My mind was changed and my whole perspective on life was changed as I read the Bible. Uh, people don't understand how, some people don't understand how powerful it can be and how it can transform uh, your self-image, your view of others, your view of the world, how, how things work. Um, if you're, if your life lacks power or purpose, if you're, if you're not seeing your destiny, if you're not seeing, uh, you know, what God's purpose is in all this, you're probably not focused, spending enough time in the Bible because mm -hmm. as you do, God will use it to transform your thinking. Uh, and, and transform the way that you see things. And I, I thought your message this morning was uh, was really good. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, we're being transformed <laughs> by the renewing of our mind, right? Yep. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. It is an amazing thing. Uh, and and it's, it's something that we all need right now, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people have kind of lost hope or they're, they're kind of, you know, doubtful, skeptic. Uh, you know, they're believing the doom porn of, about the future. And again, that can be changed. Um, how you view 
current current events, how you view the situation currently, um, can be changed if you spend time hanging out with God. You know, God has uh, changed my mind about things, not just through reading the Bible. The Bible doesn't, you know, really address, you know, what CNN said last night, what Rachel Maddow was talking about uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. But uh, but the Holy Spirit is is alive and he speaks to us and he gives us insights, understanding, wisdom, perspective on current events. And my perspective on current events is very optimistic because the Holy Spirit has shown me a very optimistic uh, you know, set of events rolling out here. Some of them are going to be dramatic. Some of them are going to be difficult for a lot of people to understand. Mm -hmm. But the the end result is going to be very positive. And I, I'm optimistic because of what God has shown me. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think you think people like like when people woke up in the through this movement and we really kind of started seeing the the deep state and started seeing the world around? You think that that's partially. You, you know, like breaking down like all these lies. Do you think that's partially why people came running back to God? You you know, I mean, like, because we've been sold a bunch of fake stuff about God in the world too. Yes, I, I think it has a lot to do with why people are running back to God. I, I get testimonies all the time. People send me emails or messages on social media where the exposure of institutional corruption has pointed them back toward God. And I get messages from people all the time, new believers from all over the world, a lot of them from Europe, actually. I've, I've had a lot of emails and messages from people in um, in Scandinavia, in Germany, uh, in the UK, uh, people who have lived as atheists or agnostics or you know, they practice New Age. And they're coming back and they're coming to God because they're realizing uh, largely what it comes down to is they're realizing the reality of evil. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when, when, when you just look at the way that the world systems are being controlled by a, a large group of people with a very evil agenda, and, and it's just being shoved in our faces every day, like, you know, the lockdowns and how they're trying to destroy businesses and how they're, uh, you know, bringing in migrants by the millions. Uh, just one thing after another, you know, the exposure of uh, child trafficking, um, the exposure of Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and what they've been doing, and the fact that they're connected to politicians. People are seeing, like the, the mainstream media is trying desperately to hide all this stuff, but you know, as much as they want to deny it, they, they, they can't hide it. People are not stupid. And, you know, they kicked us off uh, the main social media platforms last year, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was an attempt to, to hide the corruption because people like us were blabbing about institutional corruption. Mm -hmm. uh, this is actually something I wanted to talk about today. Um, 40,000 foot view All right. of, of what's going on right now and how you can look back and see uh, the fingerprints of how they were trying to hide all this evil mm -hmm. um right so back in i think it was it was right after the lockdown started last year in march i think it was probably april and may when facebook started cracking down on q groups 
and they were banning pages and groups that discussed Q, right? That was the very first step they took, uh, censorship that they took to start to control the narrative leading into the election. They identified Q groups as the biggest threat to the narrative. And those of you who don't follow Q and don't think Q is legitimate, ask yourself why Facebook initially first went after Q groups rather than any other group. Uh, and, and then YouTube shut down uh, Q channels. So that was that was in the spring of last year. They started banning Q groups. Mm -hmm. uh, I think my page my page was got suspended several times. I tried to put it back up and they kept taking it down uh, on Facebook. Um, and and then YouTube followed suit, right? So I, I think I lost my Facebook page last April or May. Um, in September is when they cracked down on YouTube. When the Hunter Biden laptop from hell came into the news last year in September, right before the election, um, they that's when Twitter uh, basically censored the New York Post. Because mm -hmm. the New York Post, they had received a copy of the hard drive and they started reporting on the, you know, the, the, the child porn and all the, you know, stuff that was on Hunter Biden's um, hard drive. And going to the election, well, social media gurus and the cabal didn't want that information getting out about Hunter Biden. They didn't want to be focused on that. No, it was Russian misinformation, right? Oh, election misinformation, which now, of course, we know is actually they verified that, mm -hmm. that information. But they suspended um, accounts that were, were promoting that. They, they temporarily suspended the New York Post, took their posts down, labeled everything as election misinformation. And then in September, that's when they took down all the Q YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. Again, YouTube censorship started with uh, Q channels and then it went to, spread to everything else. But they identified Q as the greatest threat to their narrative. So, you know, all the, all the Q channels, um, Dave X22, myself, Craig, uh, Justin Form Talk, they took us all down at the same time. We all went down when the Hunter Biden laptop from hell came out. Mm -hmm. And then they started taking down more channels. Twitter, Twitter waited until after the election to take our, our, our Twitter pages down. But, you, but if you look back, you can see what they were trying to do. They were trying to remove anyone from social media that was discussing uh, anything to do with the Bidens that was going to potentially cause problems for Joe in the election, mm -hmm. right? So leading up to the election, Facebook and YouTube took us down. And then after the election, Twitter went after us. And, and before the election, and they came out and said, Twitter and Facebook came out before the election and said, we are going to label any misinformation about the election. And we're going to take action against accounts that dispute the official narrative on the outcome of the election. Yeah. And they announced this weeks before the election. Yeah. That's why I believe that Trump knew the fix was in, that Trump knew the election was gonna be rigged. He knew that they were gonna, going to give Biden the win. And they 
everything they did prior to the election told us that they were going to steal the election. Yeah. Right. And so now we're, we're now we're in the aftermath of that. And now you've got, you know, Rachel Maddow uh, every night losing her mind about the election audit and Q, right? It's funny how Rachel ties Q to the election audit. Yeah. Q has nothing to do with the election audit. But Rachel is, is every night on her show calling Cyber Ninjas and anyone who's involved in the election audit uh, QAnon conspiracy uh, theorists, right? They, they, they demonized Q and Q followers last year so that they can weaponize that this year and they can you know, tag anyone who believes anything other than the mainstream narrative on the election is labeled a conspiracy theorist. They're trying to discredit the audit because they, they know it's going to happen. Yeah. They know that fraud is going to be found. They have to discredit anyone involved in the audit. So they're trying to discredit Ken Bennett, Cyber Ninjas, the carnival, the little fair that's going on. It's I think it's called the Crazy Times Fair. And they're trying to smear the audit as a crazy time carnival. I mean, yeah. they're literally conflating these two things, trying to suggest to people that the audit is a crazy carnival, just like the carnival that's actually happening right now. When, when I look back, I can I can see that the reason why they pushed us off of YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter uh, was that they knew that we would challenge the narrative prior to the election re regarding fraud and and Trump's chances of winning. And then after the election, they knew that we would uh, continue questioning the narrative on who actually won. So now we're out here on Gab and, and D Live and CloudHub trying to trying to get the message out, but it's but it's getting out. You know, uh, people are waking up. They're realizing that uh, Joe Biden is a dismal, absolute failure as a president. And um, as a human suit who has no original thoughts. Um, you know, he's going right back to Obama's policies trying to get back to the Iran deal. Yesterday we heard that um, Iran State TV confirmed that there was a prisoner swap deal being worked out where uh, the Biden administration is going to free up $7 billion in Iranian frozen assets in exchange for a prisoner swap. The problem with dealing with the Iranians is they're not honest brokers and, they're, and they don't know how to keep their mouths shut. So, so if you make a deal with the Iranians for a hostage trade, hey, we'll free up some of your money, they're going to go and blast that out uh, on the internet. And then the State Department yesterday had to knock that down and say, oh, that's not true. We did, we're not making a deal. We're not free, unfreezing their assets. I don't know where that news came from. Um, anything so you ridiculous. do with the Iranians is likely to come back and bite you, as John Kerry is finding out. He thought he could trust uh, Zarif. And of course, you know, Zarif runs his mouth and somebody from the intelligence community drops uh, the the audio tape into the cyber domain and somebody picks it up and starts running with the story. I, I find it interesting that there's all these leaks coming out of, of key information that's <laughs> kind of giving the deep state a black eye. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder who that, who might be dropping those tapes and Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Where could this be coming from? Yeah, maybe no such agency. I don't know. Um, but, you know, to your question, 
Uh, are people coming back to God because of this? Absolutely. Because evil is being exposed. And once you expose evil for what it is, um, people then start to wrestle with this idea of, okay, well, if there's evil, then what is the source of evil? And is there an opposition? Is there an opposing force to evil? Uh, that kind of points you toward God. And that's what's happening to a lot of people. They're coming face to face with the reality of evil. Once you admit that there are evil powers, evil forces at work in the world, then you start to wonder, well, is there some good force that is opposing evil? And of course, that points you to God. And a lot of people are realizing, well, yeah, these people are sick and the satanic uh, rituals are real. And if people are worshiping Satan uh, in an attempt to you know, bring the world under control, then you want to wonder or you want to find out, is there a plan that God has to oppose uh, these evil people in their agenda? So you've got a lot of people coming back to God. Amen. Anyway, and that was one of the things like, you know, in, in the beginning for me. In the beginning. Um, in the beginning for me is, you know, like a lot of this stuff was like, it was crazy. It was like, oh, it f totally flipped you, you know, the way you looked at the world, the way you saw things. But when I started seeing all the verses and I started seeing, you know, God wins and things like that, that really, it really made me feel a little bit more at home in, in the movement because, you know, God's at the top, right? I, I know a lot of people say that we worship Trump and we worship Q and, and all this stuff but for me god's always been at the very top and you know i think god's involvement in all of this i think it is like what you said there's a plan you know to to bring to bring around the destruction of this evil and you're right and on a number of points number one a lot of people do wrongly accuse us of worshiping trump and worshiping q i don't worship anyone but god amen uh, Trump is an instrument, a tool in the hand of God. Q is a tool in the hand of God. So am I. So are you. We all are. We're all being used by God for his purposes. Um, I think that what Q is doing is very unique and it's very interesting and it's inspiring, but I don't worship Q. No. Um, and, and the other point that you brought up, God always has a better plan than the enemy. Generally speaking, the enemy always overplays his hand. Yes. And that's the problem. The, the cabal are, are pushing this thing to the limit. Um, they got this, they got their plan on a warp speed. And they're trying to ram this um, crazy version of socialism down our throats. Again, you can take a look at the big picture and see what they're doing. Um, if, if you have any ability to think critically, think outside the box and think outside the narrative, and look at what they're doing with, with COVID, for example. Governors and, and mayors impose these lockdowns, right? And they tell businesses, you have to close your business because we say so. Mm -hmm. You have to wear masks because we say so. You have to social distance because we say so, right? What they're doing is they're testing compliance of the citizenry. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a test it's, and they're trying to find out how far can they push, um, mandates, authoritarian mandates and how much 
is the citizenry going to comply before they push back? Yeah. Right. So their their long term goal is complete tyranny and control of society. I mean, look at what they're doing in China. And that's what they want to do around the world. They want to, they want to have the social credit scores and they want to be able to control everything we do. Uh, and, and, you know, it's it's the carrot and the stick. You get rewarded if you do if you comply with their demands and you get punished if you don't comply with their demands. Right. So the vaccine passports issue, this is going to be uh, unfortunately, I think this is a huge Trojan horse that a lot of people have missed. Mm -hmm. So a lot of governors in the last two weeks have passed um, the legislatures and the governors have signed into law rules that ban government mandated vaccine passports. And a lot of people are excited and enthusiastic about this, but they shouldn't be. Because what every single law has has omitted is a prohibition on that prevents private companies from instituting vaccine passports. Mm -hmm. And that's how the government is doing this right now. They they know uh, federal government and governors and the state legislatures know they can't institute vaccine passports because it's a violation of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And anytime, and this is just something that I'm learning uh, by observing what's going on. Anytime the government wants to do something that's unconstitutional, they get the private sector to do it. Mm -hmm. So here's your example. Government can't legally abridge the First Amendment right to free speech, but they can work with Facebook, Twitter and YouTube to censor and ban free speech. And they can say, oh, hey, we're not doing it. It's private companies that are doing it. Oh, and we don't have anything to do with what the private companies do. We can't interfere in private commerce, right? So the government uses as a proxy, they use private companies to do their dirty work. Um, and, you know, when Republicans had control of the legislature, they could have stripped the 230 uh, protections from social media, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. because they're working together with the social media companies because they're okay with censorship. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they pretend in virtue signal a lot about being in favor of free speech. I think Rand Paul is probably one of the only people in Congress who actually believes in, in free speech. Um, most of the, the swamp in DC, they don't care about free speech. They would be fine with us being muzzled and not being able to, uh, to talk and express our ideas oh, yeah. because that uh, that makes them accountable. If we're able to speak freely on major social media platforms, we can hold them accountable. So, and, and they don't like that. They don't like the idea of accountability. Most of them, they'd rather be able to do whatever they want. And you know, I'm, I'm okay if YouTube and Facebook and Twitter just shut all those guys down and silence them, and I don't have to worry about it. They're not going to be tweeting at me and, yeah. and holding me accountable. So this morning, here's another example. This morning, uh, there's an article out that the Biden administration is looking to partner with private companies to spy on patriot groups on social media. Mm. Why? Oh, wait a minute. The federal government can't spy on American citizens without a warrant. No probable cause. You can't surveil people. 
but you can get private companies to do it because they do not have to uphold the constitution. And that is what the Biden administration is doing. You know, the vaccine passports is another good example. What a lot of these um, states are going to find out is by leaving open the loophole for private companies to issue mandates for vaccines, they're going to have, and there is a survey that just uh, was done a couple of days ago, uh, that over 60% of corporations around the country are mandating vaccines for employees. Mm-hmm. Now, that study was done by uh, the Rockefeller Foundation, which probably has an agenda, and they may have um, they may have doctored the numbers a little bit. Uh, it, it may not actually be that high, but the point is, a lot of companies are now going to require vaccines as a condition for employment. Yeah, and that likely means a lot of people are going to end up quitting their jobs mm-hmm. um, because they're not going to comply. Again. It's the federal government working with private corporations to push an agenda. Government can't do it because it's a violation of the constitution. Let's let the private sector. And a lot of these governors who passed these laws uh, outlawing vaccine passports, they're just gonna allow private companies to do it because they can't do it. They wanna do it, but they can't do it legally. So, hey, let's let the private sector take care of it. So, you know, again, you know, a little bit of critical thinking uh, and uh, observing what's happening. And you can see that uh, the cabal is working their way toward accomplishing a certain set of objectives. Um, again, testing compliance of the citizenry to see how much we're going to go along with their mandates. Whether those mandates are through the private sector or through government, um, they're, they're, they're testing our compliance and the more we push back, the more success we're going to have long-term keeping this tyranny at bay because that's what they want. Like I said, just look at what they're doing in China and that's what they want to do here. Uh, They're slowly trying to bring in these oppressive um, policies and procedures into Western culture. I just, you look at what Xi Jinping is doing and Joe Biden uh, and Obama, if they get their way, they'll do the same thing to us. Mm -hmm. That's their plan. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they and then you think about not just the vaccine passports, too, but think about like all these, uh, you know, they turned down the Hollywood machine, too. You know, so the government can't come out and tell you to get a vaccine. But, you know, they got all these stars that are like, oh, yeah, you know, it's time to, you know, be ready yeah. when it's your time to get the shot, when it's your time to to get the back. I got my vaccine. How about you? You know, and they, the little ads yeah, and, the and they're using they're using every angle. They're using Hollywood. They're using the stars. Uh, some states are offering a hundred dollar savings bond. They're trying to bribe people into yeah. getting, <laughs> getting the, the vaccine. I mean, they, they know that there's a lot of resistance to it. Yeah. Uh, and they're pulling out all the stops to try to convince, coerce, and force people and brainwash them into thinking that, you know, they need to get a vaccine. Yeah. For the flu. Yeah. Jackson and I went. To, we went to our first movie that we've been to in well over a year. We went and saw Godzilla versus King Kong. The other day. He wanted to see it, and I'm like, you know what? He's bored. Let's go. <laughs> you know. But in the credits, in the beginning of the movie, there was an ad for go get your vaccine. It's everywhere, uh, and you know, it's it's because they're, they're kind of desperate. Uh, they they really want to put this um, plan in high gear and get it going. 
and they're running into resistance and they're going to continue running into resistance the more they push this crap but you know pe people are waking up i mean that's the thing the more they push this the more they get in your face about it the more people are questioning like what's going on like you guys have never done this before mm -hmm. we've never gone to the movies and seen ads for you know get the vaccine uh it, it's people are are waking up and you know it, it, it's unfortunate for the deep state yeah because they really don't have any other option but it's going to boomerang uh everything that the deep state does further exposes the real plan and they it's it's a it's a double-edged sword because they want to accomplish certain things but the more they roll these things out the more they're waking people up and people are unplugging from the matrix and going hey wait a second wait a minute i think i'm living in an alternate reality here i think yeah. i've been lied to and i don't like what i'm seeing and they're just waking people up by the millions uh and, and that's why i think we have a we're going to have a good outcome from all of this mm -hmm. because the more that the deep state pushes its agenda the more it's waking people up um, you know, I could I could go on for a couple of hours about what the DOJ is doing right now. And a lot of people aren't paying attention to what the DOJ is doing. But um, DOJ and Homeland Security <clears throat> together are are pushing this narrative about the the insurrection on January 6th. And they are it's pretty obvious to me that there's a coordinated effort to paint Patriots as uh, the, the new narrative that they're pushing is white supremacists, mm -hmm. right? So they're equating Trump supporters with white supremacists. And from there you go to uh, violent extremists. Yeah. And they're trying to paint us all as violent extremists so they can justify surveillance and they can justify prosecution, harassment, banning from social media, uh, you know, taking down our bank accounts, all the other stuff they've been doing for the last couple of years with small groups of people. They're trying to apply that to larger groups of people. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty obvious to me now that FBI and DOJ under Biden have been weaponized same way that that Obama weaponized the IRS against conservatives. They're now weaponizing the FBI and DOJ on a large scale against patriots. Yeah. It's, it's kind of frightening to, to think that they're going to try to make examples of all of us and harass us and, and arrest us. And, you know, there's that story up in Alaska, <laughs> 12 FBI agents, heavily armed, kicked in a door, oh, yeah, yeah, arrested yeah. a couple, handcuffed them, handcuffed their guests, harassed them for two or three hours. And because they were supposedly involved in some insurrection at the Capitol on, on January 6th. Mm -hmm. Turns out they had the wrong people. Yep. Uh, <laughs> mistaken identity, right? So you've got the jackbooted thugs from the FBI, and that's what they're doing now. They're going around harassing and intimidating innocent people. Yeah. Trying to push this narrative that we are threats to the Republic. And the FBI and DOJ, what they're doing is going to backfire. It's going to backfire spectacularly. Yes. Um, How's it going to backfire? Not only from the people. What? How's it going to backfire? Well, you remember the uh, harassment and prosecution of General Flynn? Mm -hmm. I suspect that patriots in the military will take a very dim view 
of the DOJ and FBI harassing patriots in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's a losing battle. So talk about the let's talk about the military for a second because you know a, a lot of people you know they've and, and yourself included you know you've always talked about you know it's going to be military it's going to be military uh, I'm really starting to think it's not going to be like like you know in my mind of course you know it's like come in arrest them all and all this stuff but I think it's going to be a little bit more covert than that like behind the scenes the military stepping <laughs> up and and like. Uh, I think Space Force has a lot more involvement in this than, than we realize. I mean, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know if I said it right or not. I don't know. Respectfully disagree. Yeah? I, I listened to Dave, uh, X-22 as well, and, and that's his perspective. Um, it's, it's impossible to tell um, how much involvement Space Force has versus the NSA versus all the other intelligence agencies. There are intelligence agencies that we don't even know about. Yeah. Um, the NSA existed uh, as an entity that was not officially recognized by Congress for like 35 years. Hmm. Um, a lot of intelligence agencies existed and were never officially recognized by the government for decades until you know they've been around for a long time. I would imagine there are intelligence agencies right now that we don't even know about. Um, pretty certain there is a secret space program has been active for decades that we don't know about that has never been acknowledged publicly. So it's it's really hard. It's it's a murky subject to get into, you know, which intelligence agency has the information, is in control of stuff, because there are agencies, no doubt, that we don't even know about. Congress mm-hmm. doesn't know about. They're not getting reports on. Money's being spent to fund them, but there's no congressional oversight because officially they don't exist. That's a, that's a really cloudy, murky area to get into. Um, I respectfully disagree about the military taking a covert behind the scenes thing. I think we're going to see tanks rolling down Pennsylvania Avenue. I think we're going to see a massive military presence like that. One day it's going to be normal. The next day there's going to be tanks, APCs, and armed people uh, in Washington, D.C. by the thousands. And I think they're going to suddenly take down the government, the federal government, uh, make arrests and assume control. I think that knowing the military and how they operate, they've got a very detailed plan on how they're going to do this. I would suspect it'll involve a redo of the election. I suspect it'll involve a lot of arrests. I suspect it'll involve probably a takeover of the media. Um, I think it's going to be a very comprehensive a multi-pronged intervention. I think it'll take a long time. Uh, It'll probably crash the stock market uh, and and other uh, financial (laughs) services. It will probably take down the internet for a period of time. If if the deep state doesn't take down the internet, I think the military will probably assume control of the internet, at least uh, domestically. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a very big operation. I have no idea when it's going to happen, but uh, I, I disagree with Dave on X-22. I mean, I, I love Dave. He's, he's a great guy, great patriot. We just have a slight disagreement on how this is going to happen. Um, I'm getting uh, more information from friends. I don't have any intelligence insiders, but I have friends who hear God. And the people who are hearing God are getting a lot of confirmation of the scenario I just told you about. 
That's freaking awesome. Every, so, the chat exploded too, man. Everybody's excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all kind of want that. I mean, that's what we all want, you know. I mean, yeah. honestly. And and again, you know, people sometimes criticize me because they say, "Oh, I'm just projecting what I want to happen." And this is not what I want to happen. Yeah. I'm an objective. I'm not advocating this happening. I'm not advocating you know, overthrow the government. I'm not advocating insurrection. I've never advocated insurrection or overthrow the government. Mm -hmm. I'm simply an observer and I report what I see. So I see certain things happening uh, on social media and in the news, and then God shows me dreams. And in the dreams, he has shown me uh, military, a, a powerful, sudden, dramatic military takeover. And he's been showing that to a lot of other people as well. Mm -hmm. So. No, I'm just reporting what I'm seeing. I'm not like, oh, this is what I want to happen. Yeah. I'm just reporting what I see. I'm trying to be an objective observer. Well, we all want to see him arrested, man. We all want to see him get busted. And no, yeah, we, we do. I, I, I want to see the arrests happen. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this is not me projecting. This is me reporting what, what God has shown me. My dreams have been ridiculously active like the last week or so. I kind of remembering a little bits and pieces of them, but they've been like very active. Huh. Yeah. Mine too. It's exciting, man. It's exciting times. You know, people it like... It is exciting. It cracks me up when people are like, you know, all the time, and I'm sure you get this too, you know, it's like, you know, oh, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. It's like, oh my gosh, man, stuff is happening every freaking day. You know? uh, I'm here at Ground Zero in Maricopa County, and <laughs> stuff is happening. If... If nothing's happening, then why is Rachel Madcow losing her mind I every know. night on her show about the Maricopa audit? The panic is for real. The panic is for real. And it's not just Rachel. It's a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. uh, Katie Hobbs, our Secretary of State, is panicking. I'm sure Doug Ducey is panicking. He's dropping uh, a deuce. The other, the other mainstream media outlets, they're all panicking because I think they know what's going to come out of the Maricopa audit. Yeah. And, you know, in a, in a week or two, it's going to be over. They're going to have all the ballots counted. They're going to have the machines scanned. Most of the machines have already been uh, examined. Mm -hmm. So Ken Bennett, who's the liaison uh, for the Senate to the audit, he gave an, a nice little uh, update on Saturday. The, the election system has a lot of different machines and it's got tabulators and it's got a lot of different other machines from the uh, polling stations that data from the elections is sent into these central locations right so they put these machines on trucks they took them in they've been looking at them the software and uh, and the data and m at least half of that has been done ken said four of the six large machines were sent back to the county so they'll be wrapping that up pretty soon as far as examining the machines and the examination of the ballots, individual ballots, is ongoing. Ken said they're on pace to finish up on time. They're adding more teams because more people are volunteering. Um, they're spooling up and, and it's hitting uh, a high efficiency rate. So I'm excited. I can't wait to see you know, what kind of results we get. It'll be a couple of weeks, I'm sure, after the audit is done for them to analyze all the data and then make their reports. But, you know, the fact that the mainstream media is spending so much airtime 
uh, calling this audit, you know, a, a crazy venture, a so-called audit. Uh, it's the only real audit that's been done so far. I mean, after the election, um, because of the narrow margin of victory, there was a recount. Well, with a recount, they just take the, the ballots and they run them through the same machines they just yeah. ran them through <laughs> two days ago. And wow, hey, you know, we, we come up with, you know, pretty close to the same number of votes. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's not a forensic audit. Uh, and, and the reason why I'm skeptical about um, recounts or audits that are done by the state or the county is that those people are the stakeholders in the election. The outcome of the election directly affects elected leaders yeah. and they're the ones doing the recount and the audit. I don't trust the stakeholders in the election to do a fair and objective audit or recount because they're the ones who have the most to lose if the results are changed. Yeah. You, if it's going to be fair and objective, it has to be done by an outside entity, mm -hmm. someone who has nothing at stake in the outcome of the election, which is why I don't trust the secretary of state or the governor or the county board of supervisors to do an audit or, or, uh, or recount yeah. because they're the stakeholders. Yeah. Right. And they have every reason to fudge the results. So I'm glad that there's a private company doing it that has no stake uh, in the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel Maddow, she loves cyber ninjas, man. <laughs> I am loving her. I mean, I don't watch, obviously, Rachel Maddow, but holy cats. Um, you know, we're getting some good meme material from Rachel. Yes. And it's the nightly panic report. What is Rachel crying and screaming about tonight uh, regarding the audit? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's great. It's been a big morale boost. It is, um, I think it, it is signals a change in momentum. I, I felt it. A, a lot of Anons are, are feeling pretty frosty, pretty comfy, because they're seeing how the deep state media and the politicians are panicking. And if they're panicking, it must mean there's something good happening on our side of the ledger. Yeah. So I, I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. I, I think, uh, so, so what's the, what's the atmosphere like there in Arizona? I mean, or like now that it's like kind of ground zero for all this, like you said, or you think even more people are waking up? to that in arizona like have you noticed that around around town yeah or? <clears throat> yeah um people here are very uh th there's there's a lot of civic pride here locally um th there's if you go in the there's there's a million chat groups uh, groups on telegram groups and other other platforms where average citizens are are getting very very active in local government, school boards, mm -hmm. um, county boards, and it's there. There's a groundswell of um, of civic activism I've never seen before anywhere. I mean, I've lived a lot of places in the country, never seen this kind of interest in civic activism. Uh, there, there are there's a massive grassroots uh, campaign going on right now to get conservatives to get patriots involved in local uh politics mm -hmm. that i've never seen um, matt brainerd <clears throat> just posted last night in his telegram channel 
um, there's a, a, a an organization um, and I'm trying to remember the, the acronym I don't remember it but they they do nation they, on a national scale they do uh, voter registration uh, they go out and and they hit the small areas and they're trying to get people registered conservative patriots registered to vote well um, an Arizona entrepreneur donated two million dollars to help that cause and they're going to be hiring some people here in Arizona to go out throughout the state and get uh, get conservatives registered to vote that's the kind of thing that's happening mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of interest and a lot of enthusiasm in doing the doing some groundwork uh, the kind that Democrats have been doing for a long time you're getting Republicans to do that and and I'm encouraged by it um, I'm I'm getting messages from people um, all over the state who are decided they're they're tired of sitting on the sidelines and watching things being stolen by corrupt uh, elected leaders and there's a lot of people that are running for office and um, they're getting a lot of support from other other patriots so there's a that when you, when you look at the, the people that are involved in the audit and the fact that they are not being intimidated by the mainstream media, not being intimidated by the Secretary of State, not being intimidated by national elected leaders, that boldness and and that uh, fierceness is spreading. And uh, I'm seeing a lot of, of boldness and ferocity here uh, in Arizona among our people who are just sick and fed up with these corrupt politicians uh, rigging the system, rigging elections, uh, and having their way because we haven't been involved. And that's what's happening. No People are realizing we have to get involved. Yeah, we're no longer slaves. No longer slaves, baby. Come on, we're man. taking back control. Yeah, how about that school board? How about that school board that got replaced the other night? Good example. I mean, come on, man. We need that all over the place. We need that all over the place. We need people to just go into their school board meetings by the hundreds and say, you know what? We don't like the way you're doing this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So here's your ultimatum. (laughs) Yeah. what, What can we do? What can we do? What can we all do as you know, I always try to like encourage people or try to lift them up and inspire them to go out and do stuff like what can we all do so we can all act like those parents that that freaking overturned that school board the other night. Like what can we do on a local level, you know, ourselves to get that done? It's getting organized. It's it it comes down to being organized um, as a group and strategizing. Mm -hmm. So. You know, I've got friends who are on Nextdoor, and Nextdoor is actually a very good uh, social media site for organizing and strategizing locally, mm. because you can strategize and come together as a community in your neighborhood on Nextdoor. Um, huh, that's interesting. It goes it goes down to the neighborhood level. Uh, we have I don't get on Nextdoor, but my wife does, and our. Uh, our subdivision that we live in has a larger community and there's a lot of people that are organizing as in community groups on Nextdoor, and they're coming together and they're sharing their ideas and they're strategizing and that's the kind of thing that 
is leading to these school board takeovers by, by groups of people. They're yeah. just organizing Telegram, Facebook groups, Nextdoor, wherever you can get on social media and meet with your, uh, and just connect with people in your area. Uh, that's how that sort of thing happens. We need to be active on these networks, organize, get together, come up with a strategy and then implement it and be bold. I love it. And uh, um, realize that, you know, we're going to take back our country, one city, one town, one county at a time. Amen. Amen. We're going to take it all back. I feel like we need to insert Delhi speech right here. We're taking it all back. <laughs> That's the idea, though, you know, and I think Delhi and Miguel Fournier talked about that on Friday night as well, you know, about like the plan to take back our country. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to be us. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a two pronged approach. Um, I, I think the military has a role to play, but they're not going to do their part if we're not going to do our part. Mm -hmm. I, I think that uh, patriots in the military will step in and intervene at a point in time when they see citizens like us take, who are willing to step in and be heard and take back control of our local governments. Mm -hmm. I think if we do our part, they're going to be there. I like that. That gives me hope. That gives me hope. I think we're reaching the precipice, Dave. We're getting there. Yeah. I remember a year ago, you am like, Dave, what are we going to do once the storm comes through? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was here. Grab some year. popcorn. Yeah. All right, Dave. Well, thanks for coming in, man. We'll see you uh, next Monday again. Hey, listen, um, I know I know you're back on Telegram now. Uh, how how are you liking that? Are you enjoying being back? I am loving it. Yeah, I'm loving it. I I really ugh, I feared Telegram, and I was not looking forward to it. But after three or four days of adjusting and learning how it works, and realizing, oh hey, there's a desktop uh, desktop app. And I can uh, deploy my memes and videos uh, from my desktop. I was like, "Woo, I'm in, baby!" Yeah, I'm in, and I, I'm really liking it. Um, I'm enjoying putting out, you know, the, the Maricopa audit reports and updates, keeping people informed on what's happening there. Um, enjoy connecting with people. I, I posted a, a link to an article that was about how companies around the country are requiring vaccines for employment. Mm -hmm. And I suggested that this is as good a time as any for people to consider starting up their own business. And uh, that inspired a couple of friends, actually a lot of friends, to share their testimonies of how they kicked their day job to the curb and went into business for themselves. And I posted a bunch of their, their stories of how people you know, started their own business, wanted to work for themselves. I'm feeling like, like God is pushing a lot of people to the precipice of their own career, their job. Uh, I think this is a time when, when a lot of people should, should be considering whether or not they should can take this, take the leap of faith and open their own business mm -hmm. because, you know, this whole, the whole COVID thing is designed partially it's it has a lot of um purposes one of the purposes of COVID is to destroy the economy 
the shutdowns, the lockdowns, the government telling you, you know, state, your governor telling you, you have to shut your business down because you're not essential. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that if you just look at it objectively, they're trying to destroy businesses. Right. So if the if the company that you work for gets destroyed by your state government, uh, maybe you should think about going to business for yourself where you have a choice or whether or not you want to shut your business down because you're a non-essential business. If if the American people allow governors or mayors or the federal government to tell you that your business is non-essential, <laughs> uh, you've lost your freedom. You've lost, lost one of your most freedom basic freedoms. Too. The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You, the government can't tell you that your business is non-essential and you have to shut down. Mm-hmm. And if you work for a company that has been kowtowing to either that agenda of shutting down or the wokeism uh, and, and all of the political nonsense that goes with that, you should seriously consider whether it's time for you to start your own business. Yeah. Uh, and if you're on my Telegram channel, I'm going to drop a couple of links in there to, uh, to some podcasts that Denise and I did a few years ago where we talk about how we quit our day jobs and how we went into business for ourselves. It's It'll, it'll be an encouraging uh, message for anyone who's thinking about that. Uh, so again, that'll be on Telegram. I might post it on Gab too. Yeah, and that's but. praying underscore medic on Telegram. Praying underscore medic. Yep. Boom. That's Boom. the one. Yeah, man. Dude, I'm. I was. I was a terrible freaking employee anyway, man. But. <laughs> uh, Fifteen minute break. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I lo- I love having my own business and kind of doing doing what I want to do and you know. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't like being told what and where and when and how and how long and yeah that's a great time yeah it was terrifying for me i i had always worked for somebody else so the prospect of starting my own business was terrifying to me um there was a it was a learning curve but i love it now i wouldn't do anything else oh yeah and i mean like like, like this is a great time for a plug too but uh, that's what Green Mountain did, you know. All of us over there at Green Mountain with the CBD stuff, you know, they came up with with a with a way for people to get their own free CBD store, so they could start their own ministry of you know helping people find CBD and all that stuff. It's not an MLM or anything like that. They wanted people to be able to make money because people weren't wanting to go and get the freaking vaccine and do all this and jump through hoops and all that. They wanted to they wanted to open up something where people could go make their own money. So, all right, Dave, um, I'm going to go out on No Longer Slaves. I, I came in on it, and I think we should go out on it. I think that's a good one for today because we're no longer freaking slaves, right? Amen. Amen. I love you, brother. Love you too, man. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a soul. Deliverance from my enemies till all my fears at the cold. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. 
I found.